Hello, friends, and welcome to day number 39 of Bible in the Year with Pastor Steve. It is Thursday, and we are getting ever so close to the weekend. Today, we will be reading from Numbers chapters 23 through 26, although I will be reading only 23 and 24 by way of this devotional. You should go on and read 25 and 26. Also, check out Psalm 39 and Proverb number 8. I'll be utilizing the World English Bible Translation since it is public domain and I could use it for the podcast, but you are welcome to use whatever translation you have on hand, especially if it's a more comfortable read for you. If you are enjoying this Bible New Year reading plan, I invite you to click subscribe on your listening platform of choice, maybe leave a review so that others might be able to find this reading plan when they go on their search bars, wherever they are. Um, This podcast appears basically everywhere where podcasts are found, Uh, so it would be greatly appreciated if you helped streamline that process for us. Well, friends, without further ado, let us go ahead and get right into God's Word together today. Numbers chapter 23. Balaam said to Balak, Build here seven altars for me and prepare here seven bulls and seven rams for me. Balak did as Balaam had spoken, and Balak and Balaam offered on every altar a bull and a ram. Balaam said to Balak, Stand by your burnt offering, and I will go up. Perhaps Yahweh will come to see me. Whatever he shows me, I will tell you. He went to a bare height. God met Balaam, and he said to him, I have prepared the seven altars, and I have offered up a bull and a ram on every altar. Yahweh put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus you shall speak. He returned to him, and behold, he was standing by his burnt offering, he and all the princes of Moab. He took up his parable and said, From Aram has Balak brought me, the king of Moab from the mountains of the east. Come, curse Jacob for me. Come, defy Israel. How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? How shall I defy whom Yahweh has not defied? For from the top of the rocks I see him, from the hills I see him. Behold, it is a people that dwells alone and shall not be listed among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob or count the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous. Let my last end be like his. Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, and behold, you have blessed them altogether. He answered and said, Must I not take heed to speak that which Yahweh puts in my mouth? Balak said to him, Please come with me to another place where you may see them. You shall see just part of them and shall not see them all. Curse them there for me. He took him into the field of Zephim to the top of Pisgah and built seven altars and offered up a bull and a ram on every altar. He said to Balak, Stand here by your burnt offering while I meet God over there. Yahweh met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, Return to Balak and say this. He came to him, and behold, he was standing by his burnt offering, and the princes of Moab were with him. Balak said to him, What has Yahweh spoken? He took up his parable and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Listen to me, you son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and he won't do it? Or has he spoken, and he won't make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. 
He has blessed, and I can't reverse it. He has not seen iniquity in Jacob, neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. Yahweh, his God, is with him. The shout of a king is among them. God brings them out of Egypt. He has, as it were, the strength of a wild ox. Surely there is no enchantment with Jacob. Neither is there any divination with Israel. Now it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, What has God done? Behold, a people rises up as a lioness. As a lion he lifts himself up. He shall not lie down until he eats the prey and drinks the blood of the slain. Balak said to Balaam, Neither curse them at all nor bless them at all. But Balaam answered Balak, Didn't I tell you, saying all that Yahweh speaks, that I must do? Balak said to Balaam, Come now, I will take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God that you may curse them for me there. Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor, that looks down on the desert. Balaam said to Balak, Build seven altars for me there, and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me there. Balak did as Balaam had said, and offered up a bull and a ram on every altar. Numbers chapter 24. When Balaam saw that it pleased Yahweh to bless Israel, he didn't go, as at the other times, to use divination. But he set his face toward the wilderness. Balaam lifted up his eyes, and he saw Israel dwelling according to their tribes, and the Spirit of God came on him. He spoke up his parable and said, Balaam, the son of Beor, says, The man whose eyes are open says, He says, He who hears the words of God, who sees the vision of the Almighty, falling down and having his eyes opened. How goodly are your tents, Jacob, and your dwellings, Israel! As valleys they are spread out as gardens by the riverside, as aloes which Yahweh has planted, as cedar trees beside the waters. Water shall flow from his buckets, his seed shall be in many waters. His king shall be higher than Agag, his kingdom shall be exalted. God brings him out of Egypt. He has, as it were, the strength of a wild ox. He shall consume the nations, his adversaries, shall break their bones in pieces and pierce them with his arrows. He couched, he laid down as a lion, as a lioness, who shall rouse him up. Everyone who blesses you is blessed. Everyone who curses you is cursed. Balak's anger burned against Balaam, and he struck his hands together. Balak said to Balaam, I called you to curse my enemies, and behold, you have altogether blessed them these three times. Therefore flee to your place now. I thought to promote you to great honor, but behold, Yahweh has kept you back from honor. Balaam said to Balak, Didn't I also tell your messengers whom you sent to me, saying, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I can't go beyond Yahweh's words, to do either good or bad from my own mind. I will say what Yahweh says. Now behold, I go to my people. Come, I will inform you what this people shall do to your people. In the latter days, he took up his parable and said, Balaam, the son of Beor, says, the man whose eyes are open says, he says, who hears the word of God, knows the knowledge of the Most High, and who sees the vision of the Almighty, falling down and having his eyes opened. I see him, but not now. I see him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel and shall strike through the corners of Moab and crush all the sons of Sheth, 
Edom shall be a possession. Seir, his enemy, also shall be a possession, while Israel does valiantly. Out of Jacob shall one have dominion, and shall destroy the remnant from the city. He looked at Amalek and took up his parable and said, Amalek was the first of the nations, but his latter end shall come to destruction. He looked at the Kenite and took up his parable and said, Your dwelling place is strong, your nest is set in the rock. Nevertheless, Cain shall be wasted until Asher carries you away captive. He took up his parable and said, Alas, who shall live when God does this? But ships shall come out of the coast of Ketim. They shall afflict Ashur and shall afflict Eber. He also shall come to destruction. Balaam rose up and went and returned to his place, and Balak also went his way. Gracious and eternal God, we give you thanks for this day, and we pray that you would send forth your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and our minds so that we might receive your truth, apply them to our lives so that we might live lives that are glorifying to you. Help us to accomplish those good deeds which you have prepared for us before the beginning of time so that we might spread your love and your grace to those in our midst, in our communities, and in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, we pick up on the story of Balaam yet again here today. Yesterday we saw in Numbers chapter 22 that the king of Moab named Balak sent for this man named Balaam, who was in another city or town. Um, but he knew Balaam as someone who was in touch with God. He was a diviner. And he wanted Balaam to come and curse these people so that they wouldn't get beat up like the Amorites just did. So he was intimidated. He sent for Balaam. He's like, hey, I need you to do this for me. Uh, and Balaam said, well, you know, um, I could go talk to God and see what God's will is because we can't thwart God's will. It's going to be what's going to be. So he does that and he says, well, God's not going to let you curse his people. Um, so I'm not coming. And Balak's friends, his uh, messengers went back to Balak to deliver this news. And he said, well, that's not going to do. So he sent more people to try to intimidate Balaam and kind of bribe him to go and do this thing for him. Uh, but once again, Balaam knew that he couldn't do anything that was against God's will. Nevertheless, he goes on this journey uh, because God told him he can go. Uh, but it's interesting, the next morning when he left, it says that God was angry with him. So there must have been something inside of Balaam that was kind of succumbing to the pressure and uh, so as Balaam is on this journey um, to go to Balak, he's riding on a donkey and we know the story that the donkey started freaking out because he saw an angel. And so Balaam was angry when the donkey stopped on multiple occasions, he kind of got whacked. Uh, and then eventually God allowed the donkey to speak. The donkey was like, why'd you do that? And he said, hey, there's an angel here with a sword. You're going to get killed. Um, you should be thanking me, not beating me, right? And the angel talks to Balaam and says, you know, you can go with these guys, but only say what the Lord gives you to say. So he's put back in his right place and he continues on the journey and he gets there. And then we see in these later chapters here in 23 and 24 that there are several instances where Balaam says, all right, set up these altars. We're going to make a sacrifice and then I'm going to hear from God. 
And God says, you know, give these words back to Balak. And wow, um, definitely um, God's like, hey, I am with Jacob. I am Israel's God. And I am not going to curse my people. This is rooted in God's loving kindness, his goodness, his covenantal love for his people. Um, even though God's wrath kind of spilled out on the people um, because of their unholy things that they were doing, uh, God still overall is going to protect this community because this is God's community for the world that's supposed to spread his love to all the nations and so that God's family can continue to grow. And then later on, it says that there is going to be a star that rises up out of Jacob and a scepter that rules over. This is pointing to the Davidic kingdom that would come later on. And that God made a promise that this kingdom would rule forever, which pointed from David all the way to Jesus is coming. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Davidic kingdom, that God's kingdom would reign forever. And hey, at the end of this, Balaam even says, you know what? I'm going to reveal to you what's going to happen to your people and others who come up against God's people. And basically says that all of these nations are going to come to utter ruin. We're going to see this with uh, Joshua's conquest when they get into the promised land and also uh, later on when David is ruling over Israel. Uh, his successes kept coming one right after another because God was with him. And one thing that I, I wanted to point out too, one of the major themes is that God's love and grace is always on the move, right? God was leading the people of Israel. He was leading them with the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. He told them when to get up and move and when to settle in and rest. But God was also communicating with this other guy outside of his covenant relationship with Israel, this person named Balaam, a Gentile, right? Someone that's not of Jewish descent. And God was using him to accomplish his will. And he was blessing Balaam and leading Balaam. And I believe that this is a an amazing picture that shows that God wanted the relationship that he had with Israel to spill over into the world beyond, right? This goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, where he tells Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. It's part of their vocation or calling that is to spread God's glory throughout the entirety of the earth. We're seeing this as a, another development of this theme that's carrying forward. God's plan is for all people to be in relationship with him, and it started with Israel. And as we know, when Jesus came, his death, burial, and resurrection and ascension made way for the family of God to grow beyond the bounds of Israel. And in the book of Acts, you see time and again how God's glory and grace were chasing after those who were outside of the covenant people, right? The Gentiles, um, all throughout, these people are getting folded in to the family. They're getting grafted in to that vine that is Israel. In my tradition, we call this provenient grace. This is the grace of God that always goes before, right? He's God is always moving 
ahead of us. He's always many steps ahead of us preparing the next thing, right? The next encounter for us, the next person that God wants to pull into the family. God's out there preparing the hearts of all the people, tapping on their shoulders, trying to get their attention to see that there is a better way, that there is release from whatever sin they have or whatever problems they're enduring. And a lot of times as the church, we need to be about God's business and getting outside of the four walls of the church to meet God where he's doing these things so that we can get our brothers and sisters who are not yet part of the church, not yet following Jesus, to become part of God's family. Where there is freedom from sin and death and eternal life, uh, an abundant life that Jesus speaks about, where you know the joy that we have no longer is tied to our circumstances, the hope that we have is no longer tied to our circumstances. Friends, I hope that you continue to lean into God's promptings in your life so that you might be part of that story that brings other people into the family of God. Well, friends, I hope that you have a very blessed rest of your day, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow, Friday morning, for our last session this week. Until then, God bless.